This news segment was recorded on April 9th, 2021, and is brought to you by our sponsors, Utina Liquor in Rochester Hills, just south of M59 on Rochester Road, and North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan. Go check both of them out. We appreciate them sponsoring our show. Don't forget to like us on all of our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Better On Draft. Of course, you can watch us live Fridays, 7 p.m. Eastern, at betterondraft.tv, facebook.com forward slash betterondraft, youtube.com forward slash betterondraft, or twitch.tv forward slash podcast. Find out everything we drank during the episode by following us on Untapped. That's B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Head on over to our website, betterondraft.com, for more information, including brewery and beer reviews, event reviews, and more. We hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you stay home, stay safe, drink local beer, and we will see you soon. This is the news segment, April 9th, 2021, Better on Draft. My name is Ken. Guys, you can listen to us live Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern is when we do our interview. Roughly anywhere between 5 to 10 after 8 o'clock if you want to check in on the news or just watch the whole thing all at once. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you joining us. Of course, follow us on all of our inst- uh, social medias, Better on Draft on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Find out what we're drinking, which uh, I'm going to ask you guys, what are you drinking, Rob? Uh, so I cracked open an old can of Autonomous Collective from Batch that's been sitting in the basement for I don't know how long. I've been trying to get through some of this old stuff and came across this. So that's what's open. Wendy, what about you? So I just opened a can of the Aries Imperial Stout. Um, I mm. believe it's Ferndale Project. Part, yeah. of their, uh, part of their Zodiac series. I'm pretty excited to try it. Chocolate and cinnamon? I don't know. I don't have my glasses on. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one turned out okay. So I uh, I had a bottle of Mean Old Tom from Maine Co., Maine Beer Co., but it got a little too warm. Um, it was sitting out too long during that first segment. I only drank my uh, uh, Jolly Pumpkin, so I'm going to crack open. Um, now, this is an old bottle, or can, I should say, of Axel Red. Uh <laughs> Um, they're not, uh, they're, it's at least five years old. Um, seeing as this was brewed in Royal Oak, uh, and in a 16 ounce can. So yeah, so it's, it is what it is. Uh, I bought it so nobody else had to drink it. But as I, I I remember telling the folks over at, uh, Wax Wings, I'm not a quitter. When I get a beer, I drink it. Um, so that is just where we are right now. Um, so I'm going to hit this little button and it's going to do a jingle. Here is Robert with the beer news. That's right. It's Robert with the beer news. Rob. Beer news. All right. We're going to start off with something a little simple, kind of quick. Um, so beer advocate last week published their list of the top 50 most rated breweries. Uh, it's a little bit slightly different than uh, what the list came out from the Brewers Association uh, as their list focused on top craft beer producers. Uh, this list looked at the most rated breweries uh, on Beer Advocate and so focused on that instead of, you know, production and all that good stuff. Uh, so the top two stayed the same as what it was last year from their list being Treehouse, number one, Other Half being number two. 
Uh, the biggest upward moves belong to some of the newer breweries that hit the list. Uh, Equilibrium, which has seen a little bit more uh, some distribution here in Michigan, uh, they landed right out the gates, first year in the list at number 17. And Phase 3, which I'm finding is, is being a relatively small brewery, uh, but they landed at number 26 and Anchorage, uh, which we've seen a bit from uh, getting here from Tavor over the past uh, 16 months until they shut down. Uh, Anchorage was at 27. Uh, the biggest drop that I saw on the list was Single Cut, which I originally remember seeing them on Tavor, and then they started getting distroed here. Uh, uh, but they were last year, they were at number 19, but they fell all the way down to 49. Uh, there were five breweries that fell off the list completely, being Ballast Point, Evil Twin, Grim Artisanal, uh, Half Acre, and as Ken was mentioning with the Mean Old Tom, uh, Main Beer Co. Uh, now, Weldworks, our previous guest that, that we just had on our show, uh, while if, you're, if you go back to the Brewers Association list, they did not make the top 50 on that list, but on Beer Advocates list, they were up eight spots from number 50 last year uh, to this year being number 42. Uh, I guess I, I'm kind of curious if, if any of you have taken a look at this list, and I don't see any type of surprises that are on here. Um, I mean, there's obviously there's, there's, you know, your big list of the breweries that are on here, but I mean... I guess I, I don't see any real surprises. And, and and another thing that I will note is that it's just the top breweries. It doesn't count whether or not they're in the U.S. because there is a brewery from Canada that's on here. And they also are not going by the Brewers Association definition of craft beer because New Belgium is on this list as number 10. So, you know, Everybody that that could be on here is going to be on here. I mean, even Anheuser-Busch is on the list at number 28. So they're, they're, they're like, everybody is on here. But looking at the list, I don't see any real surprises that are on here. I'm, I'm just curious if, if any of y'all just saw something that is just kind of feeling like a glaring omission or something that shouldn't be there. <laughs> I, I just I don't see it. <laughs> Uh, not too much. We see two Michigan uh, breweries and Bells and Founders, uh, which is pretty much when you're doing any type of major brewing list without necessarily a uh, a rule set. Those two are always just going to find their way on there. It's just what it is. Uh, but they're usually in the top 10 anywhere that they are. Um, so I'm really upset at the uh, Beer Advocate website right now because every time I launch the website, it blocks the top three breweries with a ad that I can't get rid of. Um, so, uh, so fuck you. To so so top three, it goes Treehouse, Other Half, and then, well, Charlotte Street, a.k.a. Founders, um, Sierra Nevada 4, Trillium 5, Bell 6, Toppling Goliath 7, Stone, Stone, which actually I think maybe that's a little bit of a surprise, but Stone is eight, Goose Island at nine, and New Belgium at ten. Um, so Goose Island is the only one in the top ten that moved into the top ten this year. They were previously number 12 last year. And these are all – obviously with Anheuser-Busch and Goose Island in here, people are um, – 
you know, rating them as two separate entities. And if you look at what Beer Advocate, like a lot of people still rate um, Budweiser, Bud Light, Bud Ice, you know, whatever beers they are, because um, some people mm-hmm. feel like the the need to do it, um, or some people want to do it because maybe uh, wh- whatever it is. Beer Advocate, though, as a website, I'm gonna be frank, is really outdated. Um, it's it's got if, if I want to go to a website, honestly, if I want to go to a website that gives me a good rating for a beer, I will go to Beer Advocate. But that's because places like Untapped are a cesspool. Um, <laughs> and I don't want uh, I don't trust Untapped ratings like it's just it, you could you could throw a beer in front of me and it's going to be a two and a half out of five and I'll still try it. Could be one and right. a half out of five, and I'll still try it. And it's not for the last. It's it's just, especially if it's a non-standard uh, beer. Um, this is just what looks like um, a numerical value of uh, reviews. So it's been yeah. reviewed six thousand times. So you get six thousand reviews, and that's how we're going to rate it. Yeah, um, and and that's exactly how they did it. Which you know, it kind of. I guess maybe there is a little bit of a surprise because I guess looking at the list, I would expect Boston Beer Co. to be higher than 34. I mean, last year it shows that last year it was they were 25th. And so they've they've fallen a bit. And, you know, from looking at the comments, there are a few of these breweries that were ahead of Boston Beer that are easily much smaller. Now, obviously, we're not going to say that, you know, a crap brewery that brews over six million barrels should belong up into the top 10 uh but i maybe there's just what it is with boston beer is that it's become such of the grandfather of craft beer that people have become more complacent in not putting the ratings out in beer advocate but you know again it, it just goes into the whole thing where it's just it's just based on the number of ratings. It doesn't care about whether it's one star or five star or 10 star. It's just that they had a rating and then they, they've collected all of these ratings on here. Now, before, before I pass it to Wendy, there is one that I noticed cause I'm like, Oh, let's see what guests that we've had on our show. Cause we've had a lot of guests, um, including, uh, you know, third ranked founders, six ranked bells, seventh ranked toppling Goliath, ninth ranked goose Island, 10th ranked new Belgium, you know, so we've gotten an opportunity to interview a lot of these people, but there is one brewery that I noticed is not in there and that's new Glarus and they are a top producing brewery. Um, even though they're Wisconsin only, they're still a top, I think 15 or top 20 production wise in craft brew, uh, craft beer production, right. um, not on this list. Though I, I I would think that would have to be because of the fact that they're not distributing outside of Wisconsin. I mean, I know that it gets it still gets outside of Wisconsin. It gets drank. It gets drank outside of Wisconsin for sure. But it, it kind of goes back to what you're saying about Untapped. I think more people for you know other beers that other people are maybe just going to Untapped, and maybe that's it. I don't know. <laughs> It, it, I'm just grasping at that point. I, I just and I mean, it, it's not even I guess I would have to look at the history and see because Beer Advocate has not been doing this list for very long. And I, I don't know if New Glarus has ever been on here. So, yeah. How many I, people rate a beer more than once, though? That's what I'm <sighs> wondering, because I don't know. 
even when I check stuff in, I don't check stuff in that um, I, I stopped reading beers on untapped, but if I've already checked it in once, I tend to forget to check it in. Well, I forget to check stuff in a lot, but I will, I just don't because I've already done it before. So how many of these breweries that should probably be rated higher, just people aren't rating them because they've already had it before. What also well, might be, it's just, just, theorizing too is is that as i looked at new glarus and as much as they have um you know production and i could see 1.1 million ratings on untapped they only have 80 beers in production and we just interviewed um weldworks out of Greeley, and they're talking they're brewing 130 to 160 different beers a year we deal with odd side you know and each each beer is a rating so if you're Mm -hmm. If I'm coming out and I'm coming out with 130 beers a year, that's 130 different reviews or ratings I could get on Beer Advocate just from Weldworks um, versus New Glarus where there's only 80 beers total on um, on Untapped. Because if I look at – here's Weldworks right here. Well, So New Glarus has double the amount of ratings on Untapped. But that might be, you know, I don't know if that's the same amount of check-ins or if it's ratings are separate, but that might be a thing, too, because they have nearly 500 different beers on Untapped. I think we <laughs> cracked the code. We just need to make a shit ton of beer. <laughs> well, th- that, uh, that, that that also begs the question of why we don't see maybe uh, shorts on here or um, odd side. I was going to say, because like Three Floyds doesn't make a shitload of beer, but they're number 18. So, I mean, and Three Floyds the, has 357 different beers with 2.2 million ratings on Untapped. Well, then my ass is behind. Shit. <laughs> I, 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 guess I, I, I mean, I, obviously, I was going to say whatever the answer was, but, you know, it, I, I think there's a sharp drop off. Um, for beers once you get past zombie dust gumball head and alpha king like you know sooner or later like mm-hmm. us locally we know things like robert the bruise or yum yum um mm-hmm. but um yeah it, it might be just the you know it, it'd be curious to crack the code maybe we need to get someone from beer advocate to one fix their fucking ads and two uh talk to us about this list so maybe i'll maybe i'll reach out and see what's up as long as they haven't listened to this episode yet yeah, yeah, exactly. Give, give us some. Make sure that they. they no, I'm listen. sorry. If if they hate me for me saying that, then that's their problem. Not Do you want right. me to work on a strongly worded letter for them too? Yeah, yeah. except it's a a pain. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we got for news, Rob? Sorry, Alex. Um, so uh, I saw this thing about Budweiser that has been in a little bit of the lobbying business, which I mean, Budweiser is always in the lobbying business. Uh, but this time they're looking to become the official beer of Utah, uh, so much so that Utah has now become the first state to have its own specially designed beer bottle label from Budweiser. Uh, the label apparently is going to be cover- carrying uh, some local, uh, I guess you could say, swear words in, in air quotes. 
uh, with phrases like holy shiz and frick yeah, because yeah, apparently they don't do a lot of swearing in Utah, which uh, I guess means that they're probably not watching any of our episodes at uh, all. I saw the- uh, but in conjunction, Budweiser is launching a sweepstake called Swear, Sip, and Ski, uh, which is going to include a helicopter ride to the top of a mountain for a winner and their friend to swear their hearts out in a judgment-free zone. I, I mean, I may, I had a layover in Salt Lake City. I was not aware that there was really this swearing issue that was out there. Uh, I got I got to figure this one out. Uh, but I try to do some digging, and obviously there isn't an official uh, list of state beers, uh, so I have to just you know imagine it's just it's just not there. There are obviously state beverages, and there's only two that I saw two states that I saw that their official beverage was a whiskey being Alabama and Virginia. Now, if you go by Thrill List June 2020 list of best beers in each state, um, Michigan would have basically its toss-up between Bell's Two-Hearted, Dark Horses, Bourbon Barrel Age, Plead the Fifth, or Jolly Pumpkin's Orzo de Calabaza. Um, I guess I'm curious for from both of you, um, us obviously being in Michigan, what would be for you your state beer? Oh, I mean, I hate, I don't like it, but too hearted. Like if, if you want to encompass what Michigan craft beer is, I think most people would say too hearted and nobody would bat it. Like that just would be it. Um, but like, I I I need another year or two on um Roke owned Aber Adam Lambert ran Dark Horse before I hop back on that train. Um but Oil de Calabaza is such a solid beer. Um I think a lot of people don't get um Jolly Pumpkin like the hype because I think we kind of talked about it with Weldworks earlier in the episode um, how there wasn't you know that that's a sticker shock like a lot of people won't go to that beer because of the price you don't want to try that beer um, and unless you get it like at my Kroger uh, getting a six pack of Calabaza Blanca for nine bucks um, or ten bucks like you know not everyone can run into that I think that's that's the big problem but if you want to talk about a beer that is price point right um and you know represents the state it's too hard and easy here wendy so i'm gonna agree with that because uh no matter what state i have been to uh, i can find bells too hearted on tap so i think that they're doing a fantastic job of representing us um people love it i wish and this is going to be a big shocker to you guys, but I wish that it was final absolution. <laughs> um, so I don't think some other states, especially Utah, would be able to handle final absolution. Um, and one thing that I think that we aren't um, looking at is M43. That's a huge yeah. beer in this state. People love it. I, I think that. Rob, but, Rob, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like hold on. You're, you're ready, Rob? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a statement, and then you can, you can say with what you say. But okay. I, I, because I, I agree with probably what you're feeling, because M43 did not exist until after this show started. It feels so fresh, no pun intended, and new in our heads 
that we don't see it as a staple, even though it is. We don't mm-hmm. because it it we feel like maybe necessarily it hasn't earned its stripes, even though it has, because it's such a baby of a beer in comparison to Final Absolution, to mm-hmm. Plead the Fifth, to Oral de Calabaza. Like we have such this like and and. I, I had this conversation with Mark Logos over at Old Nation when he was over at Old Nation, and that was the thing is they were talking. I was talking about flagships, and in my head, M43 is not a flagship because it's a hazy IPA. But after talking with Mark, it made perfect sense because it is their flagship. It's available mm-hmm. year round. It's their number one seller, and it's what you know people get introduced to it. So while like that's, I, I'll let you speak. I talk a lot. All right. Well, I mean, I was just I, I I just am not completely sold on it too hard. And I know that, you know, it's all over the place. It, it's been in Zymergy where, you know, it's been the number one. Uh, I kind of even think to uh, shout out to my friend Mike out in uh, up up in the UP in Ironwood, um, where he has talked about how um, too hard. It seems a little bit more watered down the further south that you go. Uh, but I, I guess the, the one thing that that, I, you know, it for me, I don't think it needs to be something that is going to be just like this every around the state staple. I, I guess, you know, I, you want what I want the state beer to be is is fucking Motor City Works Ghetto Blaster. That should be for me. That should be the state beer. It's like we're, it's Michigan. We're a little bitter, but we're still pretty damn cool. So, Ghetto Blaster for me is gonna is gonna be is gonna be the hit. You gotta go watch Guns Akimbo, and you can see it uh, on a, a <laughs> giant stage movie. That and Nut Blaster or Nut Blaster, Nut Bandit was on the uh, is what he's drinking. Uh, I I mean I agree. I think I think Ghetto Blaster is a great beer. I think you know Ghetto Blaster along with like say Rochester Red. Um, mm-hmm. Bell's Oberon, like these are beers that consistently throughout the year, like when people talk about Michigan beer, um, uh, Purple Gang Pills, um, or VJP, depending on what style, you know, which side of the the beer spectrum you're on, um, right? You know, people, as you know, they can shit on Atwater all they want; those beers sell. Um, you know, for <laughs> right. a while, people might have thought badass out of uh, Michigan Beer Co. slash uh, they had their own brewery slash Atwater, like slash Brew Detroit. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of beers that can be considered the Michigan State beer, but I'd be hard pressed for you to come up with a good argument that it isn't too hearted. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, I'll accept them and I'll agree that some of these amazing beers are out there, but right. It's just I I don't know I just wishful thinking wishful wishful thinking but who knows it just seems like uh, with with Budweiser just trying to make this pull right now that suddenly I feel like there's going to be this point where states are actually going to do something where they actually have an official state beer and I I'm not sure how that little fight is going to go it's going to be minor but if it happens it, it's going to be interesting to see breweries try to fight to become the state beer so that that'd be kind of cool uh but one well, more at, at that point it's going to be who has the most money and right now it's uh your least favorite brewery that does yes yeah i i i know i know for it's i, I guess oh, to, i don't know i think those could kick their ass 
Not um, money wise. Not yeah, not not money wise. Popularity wise. Oh, I, I for sure. I mean, it, they're they're those two are right up there neck and neck. But when you have Bell's, you know, owned by by Larry, and you have Founders owned by Mahu San Miguel, and they're just like, hey, we need a few extra thousand dollars. I mean, that's that's why a lot of people were like, you know, uh, when when we're in comparison, like Founders to Bell's is the same reason why it's Little Caesars Pizzerina and not any like any other organization or it's, it's goose <laughs> islands tap room or tap house or whatever there uh and not bells or founders like it's right it's just it's a game of money and we don't have any right and, and shout out to tito real quick because he said you've never had a, a a ghetto blaster until you've had ghetto blaster at the old miami oh, and uh, i guess for uh, those who are not in the, the area miami. If if there there is a bar that is in Midtown Detroit, I think it's actually was on the show Detroiters, is the the old Miami is this is this bar that's just in that area that is, um it is like if you want to go to a dive bar, this is the place to go, um especially on bike night, definitely go there for bike night. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the only place I've ever had a bartender buy me a beer because she forgot about me three different times. <laughs> I went up there, ordered. I'm pretty sure I was ordering. I was either ordering Ghetto Blaster or Guinness. And sure enough, she took my order, forgot about me. Oh, crap, I'm sorry. Took my order, forgot about me again. And she's like, I haven't served you yet, have I? And I'm like, no. And she goes, here, it's on me. I I mean, I tipped her the cost of the beer, so. Right. All right. Uh, One more that we'll go through, uh, which is – Something that was coming from Sam Adams, uh, but starting on April twelfth, Sam Adams is going to be sending beer money to the first ten thousand people who post a photo of their vaccination sticker or band aid to Instagram or Twitter. Uh, the post needs to include the hashtag um, "Shot for Sam" and tag sa- at Sam Adams Beer. Um, obviously, basically just showing that you have been vaccinated. Uh, if you are chosen within those 10,000, you will receive beer money through Cash App. And basically, they're going to send you seven bucks where you can buy a drink at your favorite bar or restaurant. Uh, now, obviously, Sam Adams is not the first company to be handing out freebies for vaccinations. Um, obviously, we've seen the... Um, uh, articles that have come out from Krispy Kreme about getting a donut for your vaccinations and, and other places like that. Uh, but I'm curious if we're going to start to see promotions like this from local craft breweries. Now, um, you know, my initial thought is thinking that, you know, with the craft breweries that have had to obviously deal with the pandemic, that they've had to go through shutdowns, that they've had to lay off staff, that, I mean, hell, I I just started going back to Eastern Market Brewing and hosting trivia this past Wednesday, and you know the have to start bringing more staff in to to venues where we can actually host. That they have to get back up to where they were to be able to handle everybody that's coming in. Um, but you know, I originally thought that with all of these cutbacks, that you know places like that and and other little breweries and bars are not going to be able to do anything like that because you know they've come through a place where they haven't been making a whole lot of money this past year. Um, and now we're, we're obviously, for thus, those of us who are in Michigan, we're now under the recommendation that uh, we basically stop 
indoor dining for the next two weeks. And again, that is a recommendation that is not a mandate that has been passed down. Um, but I'm curious if considering, you know, if you get people in, that's a, the whole thing is like, if you build it, they will come. If you put it for the little guys to be able to offer that one beer when they vaccinate, do you think it will definitely turn around to a point where they could actually make more money in selling more beer, um, you know, in a, in a state that we're in right now? I'm going to go with no. No. <laughs> and I'm going to say kudos to the large companies who are offering those types of uh, incentives because they're doing what they believe they need to do for the community. But I believe that, um, People have decided they're going to get vaccinated or they're not. And mm -hmm. I don't think that any incentives are going to make that happen, to be honest. It's kind of like tax day because there was like the whole incentive of like you get your tax on tax day, April 15th, or you go to Dunkin' Donuts, get a free coffee or, or things like that. It's right. Yeah. I just I, I I just I don't see it going any bigger than than the bigger companies. So that that's kind of where I was. Ken, when, what do you think about that? So that that's kind of where I was. Ken, when, what do you think about that? Um, I don't think any of the smaller breweries can do it and turn a profit. Um, but in the same sense, let's look at breweries that have like you could pull off maybe a buy one, get one. Um, like uh, how hot passport, real craft, like it doesn't cost any of these breweries to be in hot passport or real craft pass. Uh, maybe that's what we need to make is the, the better on draft vaccine brewery craft pass where you show your vaccine and you get buy one, get one free beers. Um, but I, I mean, obviously these breweries that see like a buy one, get one, um, see the ability to make money off of it. Um, so I, I think there is a possibility for some, but in the same sense, those pop passport, real craft pass, like those things work when we're not talking about a pandemic where they're, you know, relying on PPP to make money. Um, well, I don't know. Even during the pandemic for my birthday last year, I went to Grand Rapids and I use, um, I don't remember which one it was that I used off the top of my head, but we went to specific breweries based on getting, I ended up, it's actually right here. I got a free Grand Rapids drink local bottle opener for hitting four breweries that weekend. So four, you do I that mean, in it, an hour. Right. <laughs> so, but I mean, we did, we did what they asked us to do and we did it just, we didn't even know what the gift was. We didn't really care. We just wanted to get out and about. And that was still when we were um, doing things outside and there was a lot um, limited space inside. So I can see how things like that might bring people in, but bringing, getting a free beer because of a vaccine. I don't know that, I don't know that any of us could afford that. Like any of our local businesses. No, I think, I think maybe like if you get to the buy one, get one and get you in the door um, to at least pay for one and hope that you're tipping on two um, as a, uh, you know, having been in the industry uh, for a long time, folks, just because you got a discount doesn't mean you don't tip on the full amount. Just because you got a free beer doesn't mean you don't tip. 
we had on our very first um, Better on Draft uh, March Draftness party at Baffin. Um, like, you know, people got a bunch of free beer. We bought two kegs that day. And I'm like, you guys got a tip. Like, get cash out or buy a beer so you can, you know, use a credit card and tip these people who are still serving you. Um, right. And, you know, we still wound up throwing a money um, just as we've done with every March Draftness as well as the, the New England Challenge. Because um, I... I don't trust people to tip, so I feel like I need to do it. Um, I have a question about that, actually. Yeah. It's kind of a little off topic, but um, so I recently went on a, a short trip with a small group of people, and we went to a brewery, and we had horrible service. Like, I mean, we ended up, they brought the tray of drinks, and we ended up having somebody um, pass out our own drinks because they left it there and walked away. Like it was really bad service. This was, it was really not acceptable. Um, and we actually had a conversation while we were sitting there about what we should tip, because I was of the impress. I'm, I was of the belief that I'm still going to tip the twenty percent because I don't know what they were going through. I don't know, like, is this the first time these people have ever served here? I, I don't know any of that information, so I want to give them a tip. But then there were other people that were with me that were like this was really bad service. Like it was exceptionally bad and they feel that they didn't feel that we should be tipping that strongly. What do you guys think in a situation like that? What would you do? 20% message them on Facebook after. Something, something like that. Uh, uh, like part of me just kind of goes back to something that uh, my family used to do when I was younger and that if we got bad service, then basically we would just leave a penny on the table and just leave. That was actually brought up so that they know that you're cognizant, you're not forgetting, you're telling them that they got bad service. That is it. Whoever your friend is, and I I want you to clip this, record it, I want you to tell them that that is literally the worst and meanest thing you could do to a server. You are better off not tipping than tipping a penny because tipping a penny knows that you should tip for the service and you didn't. And it doesn't matter. Like, that, was a, that was their point, though. Yeah, and they're a dick for it. One thousand percent. I will not take that back. If you are in – we all the three of us work. The three of us have day jobs. Mm-hmm. If we have a bad day or we have, you know, maybe we're a little short on an email um, or something happens and we're just going slower than normal, um, we don't get our pay cut. We don't right. get less money. We don't, you know, but and and that's that's the fall for the way the the way the restaurant industry works. And that's a whole other story. But if you get shitty service, you tip 20%. If you get great service, you could tip more than 20%, but you tip 20%. If you, you know, if you get something for free, you still tip on what you would pay. So if you got a in Michigan, uh, a $5 um we'll say a $10 uh, you know, a free drink that would have cost $10, you're going to tip 6% on that. Like that's you just have to do that no matter what. Like that's just you don't have to, but that's what you should, you should period. You, you get something for free, you tip. You should tip more, especially if you got it for free. Oh, especially if you got it for free. Like, like I'm always under the impression if I get something for free, and mind you, working working for Toast, um, so many places I went to, I went to after, free food, free drinks, free um, 
you know, everything, I always tipped what the food would be. Uh, when we went to when we went to Roke for Dan's birthday, right? Or not Dan's birthday, the day after, or the day that we went after Roke came in, Roke comped us a two hundred dollar bill. Mm-hmm. And you know, props to Roke, but in the same sense, that server was not only serving us but serving the owners of Roke. And so, and he's like, "Oh shit, they're gonna comp the whole thing, and now I'm stuck." No, bro, you just got a two hundred dollar tip. Um, <laughs> It might we not have been the full two hundred. We tipped. We tipped all the yeah. cash that we had, basically. Right. Um, but no, you you have shitty service. You tip twenty percent, and you say something either you don't say something to the manager, don't make a scene, um, because again, you don't know what that person's going through that you day. Don't know what they're going through. You just throw a Facebook message. Hey, my name is Wendy. I was there at this time. Here's my check number. Um, my server's name was, we'll say, um, Nick, because Nick's not here to defend himself. Um, and he came up short on a service. Um, like, those are the oh. types of things to where then the manager can go and be like, you know, hey, do you remember this table? Or, hey, you know, uh, maybe they were first day and they didn't know they were supposed to hand out drinks. Maybe they thought they were just supposed to leave the drinks at the table because of social distancing. You don't want them to double touch the glasses, you know. Well, I brought up the fact that he did not act like a seasoned server. Maybe he wasn't somebody who normally served. Maybe they had more people there because there was other stuff going on around. We don't know that. And you can never, you never know what's going on around you. You might be able, you might think you see it, but most of the time you don't actually know what's going on. So you have to be cognizant of the fact that these people are working their asses off whether or not you're getting good service that time. Right. And, and I just, I just saw the, the, uh, hitting in the comments, uh, Aaron, who actually is, is, is my sister, uh, that she was tipped a frowny face on, on, I guess on the bill, which, you know, that between that and a penny that, (laughs) that is the, I, I feel like, just like what Ken is saying is that that is just like the absolute dick move. So you, you don't know what these people are going through, you know, tip something, comment on Facebook. You never know. You might, you know, you put your comment out there. They might say, oh, sorry for, for everything that happened. You know, come on in. You know, the next meal's on me. You know, if, if you enjoyed being there, at least having the food, then you're probably going to go back regardless of the service anyway. That's it, that's the thing, too, is it's not necessarily expect something for free or expect something um, like a comp or anything like that. But any good business, especially in the hospitality industry, is going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. What can we do to make it better for you? And you can explain your situation, what happened, how you feel, um, how it made you feel as a guest. And at that point, they could be like, you know what? You're 100% right. We'll talk to the person because you're not getting that person. If you're getting that person in trouble, that means they're a shitty server and they're going to get shit canned in the next you know, foreseeable future. That's just right. what it is. But not the only person complaining yeah you're you're not the only person complaining it's your right to you know complain but if you make a scene that person's having a shitty day they might quit on site and now you just screwed that restaurant out of a surfer for the rest of the night um until they can call someone in. like there's a lot of uh god i get heated about this i could probably do an entire podcast just about <laughs> tipping in the restaurant industry um but but again you know, you, you just take it in stride. 
Um, because j- just as I told you guys, and just as I'm telling, you know, T- Tito mentioned in the chat, you know, bad service gets at least 10%, 20%, um, as normal, you know, I, I understand the mentality and I understand the feeling, which is why when I go out and I talk to people, and I'm like, you know, Hey, um, I think, you know, there, there are better ways to do it without being cheap. Cause you went out oh, knowing you were going to afford that 20%. What does that 10% do for you? You think you're sending a message when sending an actual message could be a better message. Right. I mean, especially though, being I don't in think a, people do. Yeah, I mean, especially in a time of a pandemic where things start to reopen and they can only have so much capacity. And there are people who are out there who are depending on these tips to, to fucking survive. I mean, I'm sorry that if, you know, suddenly someone is having a bad day, which apparently you think that you don't have throughout your entire life, that these people can have a bad day while they're working, that you, you can't tip. So I I I don't get it. And I, I've, I've you know, I, I used to be relatively cheap in, in my earlier days in my 20s. Uh, but I've I've gotten pretty good at at doing the tipping, um, regardless of, of what the service is, and because you know they're they're out here making tipper wages. I mean, they don't make minimum wage. They, they sometimes are making you know two fifteen an hour plus tips. I mean, I'd, I'd be pretty pissed off too throughout the day if I was making two fifteen an hour and had to survive on tips. I'm sorry. Here's <laughs> I remember back in the day. When I was younger and I had absolutely zero dollars, um, when we would go to the rest, go out to eat or whatever, meet friends, people would like look at what their bill was and be like, this is how much money I have. I'm sorry. I didn't have enough to buy. I don't have enough to tip because I had to buy this salad. And I'm like, you didn't have enough to buy that salad then. <laughs> because if you can't tip on top of it, that's not you're not paying for your actual meal and the service that you got to get it. Right. Uh, When, when a server sees a bad tip, they're just going to think you're a dick. They're not going to receive the message. They're not going to think that their service was poor. They're not going to think anything like that. They're just going to think you're a dick and move on with your day. So you, you giving them a, a, a lower tip only serves for them to be pissed off at you and not them. And, you know, we, I, I, I've not talked about it too much on the show, but let's, I, I, I want you guys to imagine real quick, like, you know, um, I, the week that I got divorced back in 2016, um, I didn't show up to this show that week. Um, I wasn't here. It was Dan, Rob and Nick, uh, and Matt. Um, I wasn't there and, you know, some people don't have that ability to do that, that ability to take the time off. Like I was blessed with toast and their ability to work around my schedule. Not every restaurant has that ability to um, be it. And these people need to be peppy and uppity and kiss your ass and get you that extra thing, a ranch. And, you know, it's, it's a lot to ask for, for a person to be on a hundred percent of the time. And then, to neg them for being off. So that's just, I'll I'll leave it at that. Just understand that you don't know what people are going through. I hope that I've changed somebody's mind to always tip 20% and then just send a message on Facebook or email them um, afterwards to explain your experience because that message will get through. A low tip will not. A low 
a low tip will literally just make you even more upset. If you ever anybody have you guys seen the movie Waiting? Uh Justin Long, Dane Cook, Ryan Reynolds. If this gonna be that kind of party. <laughs> yes. I a hundred percent suggest it to those who have never um been in the industry. Uh because while it is definitely a um a overproduced video like single day life of a person in a restaurant um don't fuck with people who make your food Mm-mm. right no uh, so that's no. gonna do it uh better on draft podcast uh this is the news episode for 49 2021 i appreciate you all listening we're gonna do king of the hill right after which you can only see on igtv it is a one-on-one contest here between wendy and rob uh, testing their music knowledge to see how they're doing. Oh, uh, crap. <laughs> didn't you win one of these? I have. Okay. So that's going to do a Better on Draft podcast. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Better mm-hmm. on Draft. Have a good night. Happy No Rules Day.